What's up, world? This is Howell Fafore. What's going on, good people? This is Howell Oshayon. Welcome back to the Who Made Y'all Priest podcast, where we talk about our spiritual journeys, our everyday life experiences, and the issues of the time from the perspective of two people who just happen to be priests. Fafore, what's going on, man? Alabama. (laughs) (laughs) Alabama is what's going on. What's going on, man? Talk about it. Hey, man. Alabama said they were sick and tired of being sick and tired. <laughs> Woo-wee! I'm telling you, hey man, Montgomery, Alabama is the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> oh man, boy, let me tell you something. For, for those of you who have been in a coma, like dealing with like something beyond major where y'all ain't been next to no no internet, no TV, no nothing. There's a security guard in Montgomery, Alabama, out there on the docks, right? Telling a group of our white brothers and sisters in this boat, hey, y'all gotta back on out. We got some people coming in, y'all gotta go. People said, nah, we ain't going nowhere. He said, listen, y'all ain't got to go on, but y'all got to get on up out of this pocket. <laughs> so they said, not only are we not leaving, we about to come, we about to come holler at you. So, so they get off the boat, one boy square with the security guard, and the security guard was big. Now the security guard already seen his homeboys was coming too, right? So took his hat off. Through the signal, let everybody around know, hey, we got smoke. And they get to scrap. <laughs> they get to throwing down. I mean, throwing hands. Bow, bow. Black dude come down. Right? Oh, in case you didn't know, security guard was black. Again, the people that get off the boat was white. Montgomery, Alabama, right? Now, for those who don't understand the significance of Montgomery, Alabama, it is second on my list of places not to go to <laughs> next to Mississippi because of the movie Mississippi Burn. When right. I saw Mississippi Burning back in the day, I said, I'm not going to Mississippi. And oh, yeah, I'm not going to Alabama. You know, now I got my, my lineage go back to Alabama, right? So, I really probably should go to Alabama, but I'm like, no, mm-mm. Them, they got strange fruit in them trees. I'm cool. Right. So now they scrapping. Through the hat, black dude come down peacefully. Hey, hey, we ain't got to do all this. Let's just talk about it. You know what I'm saying? Now, the white dudes was getting off. So, you know how you be winning 
and you don't want to quit, I don't care what it is. You could be gambling. You could be up big, but you like, I ain't going to quit because I'm winning. You playing spades. You playing the, the PlayStation. It don't matter what you playing. You don't want to get up because you winning. White dudes is getting off. They like, nah, we got the upper hand, right? So dude stopped being a peacemaker. He started moving around too. Lo and behold, splash. You hear a splash in the water. You see what they call him, Scuba Gooding Jr., right? <laughs> Swimming. Uh, I mean, perfect technique. Uh, coming across the water, right? I don't know where he came from. He must have jumped out of a boat, right? Getting. Uh, he jumps out of the water. Now, I know this is a stereotype that black people don't swim. I don't know how to swim. Now, I know because I researched this topic thoroughly. That's pretty much true. We don't, we don't, we don't do water like that. We don't swim. We, that's not really our thing, right? You know, I had a white daddy, so I know how to swim. <laughs> so I took swim lessons. Anyway, so Aquaman, swim across. Now, because people don't swim like that, for people who do know how to swim, you know, hey, swimming take a lot of energy out of you, right? A lot of energy out of you. So to be like, I'm going to swim and use up all this energy and go right into a scrap, that takes planning. Like, he, he trained for this moment, <laughs> right? So he swim, he get out instantly, start thumping. Mm -mm. The tables turn, right? Remember what I just told y'all about when you win it, you want to keep playing. When you start losing, though, you like, all right, I'm going to go ahead and go home. So that's what they try to do. they like, all right, it's time for us to dip. The tables and turn. This is no longer fun. Well, what y'all don't understand is he threw the hat so high in the air that everybody within about a two-mile radius, everybody black, <laughs> saw the hat and knew instantly what it was about. So the camera flashes, or at least what I've been seeing online, flashes go to another thing. Now it's a whole bunch of black people out there, right? Now, for those who don't know, if you haven't grown up around black people, things of that nature, when a black person skips and then pulls their pants up, the next movement is swinging. Right. Right? <laughs> you beyond the, 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 the place of talking, you beyond the place of negotiation, there's no explaining, the next movement is swing. So you see three dudes. Skip, one, two, three, stop, plant feet, pull, hike the pants up. What happened next? Like I told y'all, they start swinging. It is pandemonium. I mean, black people coming out of everywhere. They coming up up under the little walkway, they coming out of the water, they jumping off the top, everything. Uh, old school people fighting. I'm talking about senior citizens. Now, again, you're talking about like a hotbed of racism. It's 65 year olds who've been waiting for this moment their whole life. They didn't know that they was waiting on it, but they was waiting on it. Right. <laughs> Old school grabs a folding chair. What? What? I mean, he's laying people out. Now, it's a white woman in there 
who comes into the defense of her bookie bear. So she throwing some blows. Old school turns around and sees her. Whack! Top of the head. Guarantee you today she's at least two inches shorter. Like straight on top <laughs> of the head. Probably has no more neck. Out of there. It's like this now. It got <laughs> wild. I mean, it got crazy, man. Yo, Shayun, what, what what you think when you saw that? <laughs> hey, it was hella funny to me. Uh, I was more uh, enthused by the things that happened on the back end of it, though. Like, after it was all over, how fast people came out with shirts, uh, <laughs> playlists. I saw so many shirts with folded chairs on it. I saw so mm -hmm. many memes with people going to grab folded chairs. Then I saw another video. I don't know where it was at of a black guy and a white dude scrapping the white dude chasing after him and him hitting him in the head with a folding chair and putting that boy down. Yeah. Like, Man, these folding chairs was the weapon that, you know, black people didn't know they needed. Them folding mm -hmm. chairs are fool, mm -hmm. man. I saw another dude selling folding chairs, giving them different types of names. <laughs> That's hilarious. I ain't see that. <laughs> yeah, man. That was crazy. That was crazy right there, man. I, I, I love to see the unity, right? So now in all seriousness, to me, it was worthless if all of these same people go back to their respective neighborhoods and still get at the neck of, get at the necks of other black people. It served no purpose at all for us to come together in that one moment and then still be divided when we go back home. So. That was the that was the very first thing I thought about. Like I love to see the unity, but does it last? Yeah, right, man. right. Now, and coming from the perspective of two people who just happen to be priests in a African spiritual system, so there was a video that was floating around about a woman telling the story about how she was a part of a group who had just been there uh, a couple of hours prior to that and giving offerings to the ancestors because Alabama or Montgomery, that area where there was a big slave port, you know, 400 years ago where they had kidnapped people from Africa to bring them over here as slaves. So they had went to um, give offerings, much like how you and I did with, you know, our badges and, and our God brother when we were in VA, when we were in, in Richmond and we took that that trail. And, you know, we um, know poor libations and things of that nature. So they had this big ceremony. And I saw videos actually of the ceremony. It was a nice size group too. Right. And they were out there. And people don't take these energies, these spirits, these ancestors seriously, right? I believe that that whole energy around them giving offerings mixed with Aries, the North Node going into Aries, played a role into what happened. And this is why we got to be up on these type of things, right? This is why we got to be familiar with what's going on in the sky, because as above, so below, right? Mm -hmm. This is why we have to pay homage to our ancestors. And we have to honor our ancestors because 
we in that space and time where we need our ancestors and not just black people, but all people, but you know, I'm gonna keep it in pocket. This is what we're talking about in this specific moment is, you know, black people whose ancestors had endured certain travesties behind, whether it was the transatlantic slave trade, Jim Crow, you know, um, when you had all the marching going down in Alabama and things of that nature. That, man, Alabama has such a prominent role in our history as, as so-called black people, whatever you want to call it. You know, we all know what we're talking about. So there's a lot of energy behind that, right? So if that wasn't evident that you need to start propitiating your ancestors, again, we don't worship anything ancestors, God, and anything in between. But we do revere our ancestors, and it's time for us to really start taking that seriously. So, because um, had that not happened, man, you know, it, it could have been us getting hit in the head with folding chairs and dunked off in the water. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. You know, it's funny that you talked about uh, us paying attention to what's going on in the sky uh, and those energies that are surrounding certain uh, times. Um, I think I'm becoming more uh, enamored by that subject. Like what type of energies uh, are the heavens putting onto our planet and into certain spots? So now I think I'm going to start paying more attention to the moon cycles, more attention to uh, mm -hmm. what planets are going into what houses and things like that. I do want to get uh, more knowledgeable in that right now. Y'all speaking Greek to me, but yeah, I'm yeah. gonna get there. Yeah, and I, uh, and, and this is growth, because it was about a week ago where you were like, I don't care nothing about none of that. So <laughs> look at that growth. Look at that growth in that week, yeah. you know? Because I stay looking it's at growth, the chart. Man. It's growth, man, yeah. You know, yeah. but you know me though. You know me, I want to learn a lot about a lot, so. Exactly, exactly, and that's a beautiful thing. Um, now, one thing though, there was some some negativity into in all of this, and for me, it was people saying things like, you know, uh, we and our ancestors, and they meant it probably more so to kind of raise our own status of who we are today, but it really came off as derogatory to mm -hmm. our ancestors, especially those in the um, spiritual community who take ancestor reverence, seriously. But the crazy part is, is that I do agree with the sentiment though. We are not our ancestors, but in a different way because we couldn't persevere through what our ancestors had to endure. Like, so, yeah, you're right. We aren't our ancestors. We don't have that type of ability. I don't know that if this was 1804 all over again, we would have had the wherewithal to come together as a group and appease the ancestors like they did in Haiti to get that revolution popped up. I don't think that we did that. We would be too busy not wanting to be disrespectful. We would be too busy going to other things other than, you know, the, the things of our ancestors, right? Mm -hmm. um, when I heard that, the one thing I thought about, we are not our ancestors, I thought about my grandfather. And 
I was supposed to have been born and raised in Georgia. Mm. But my grandfather, as the story has been told to me, killed a white man who killed his brother. So then he had to move his wife and his kids to Ohio, which is, you know, uh, how my, my father ended up being, you know, from my hometown and me, my mother, and the whole nine in Ohio. So we ain't doing it in like that in 2023. So you're right. We are not our ancestors. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot that we can learn from our ancestors. And if we, if we had the will and the strength and the unity of our ancestors with the, the resources and the freedom that we have now, man, we would be dangerous. Mm-hmm. Definitely. You know, I think that we are we are weaker than our ancestors. We are definitely weaker than our ancestors. Uh, you talked about unity. We definitely don't have that. Um, we definitely couldn't pull off a of Haiti uh, 1804. <laughs> we definitely couldn't mm-hmm. uh, pull that off, at least not right now. I don't think that um, we have the capacity to be able to do it. Um, I think we have the strength to do it. Like we have the physical ability to do it, but I don't think that we have the mental and spiritual capabilities to be able to do it right now. So yeah, we are definitely weaker than our ancestors. So I accept that too. When we say, well, when they say that we are not our ancestors, yeah, we are weaker than our ancestors. Right, right. So here's the thing though. So everybody's, you know, excited, rejoicing, whatever you want to call it, about the events of Montgomery, Alabama. Now, they have some arrest warrants out. Now, if some of the people who started getting arrested is from our community, are we going to do like what we've seen in the past where, um, you know, white people come together and get these defense funds and things like that? Dylan Roof had an ungodly amount of money Mm -hmm. that was raised for him, for instance. So are we going to do that? So it's easy for us to cheer on, you know, what happened, especially if we weren't a part of it, right? Especially if we didn't have any skin in the game. But then what happens if they start getting arrested and they need some bail money, they need, you know, a legal defense fund, I know there's going to be a lot of people on social media saying, oh, the entertainers need to come together and, you know, donate money and this, that, and the other. But those, I'm pretty sure, weren't at least just entertainers, if any at all, for Dylan Rule. Those are teachers and business owners and cops and firemen and nurses and all that who you know, put together the money for him. So what y'all going to do? Excuse me. What are we going to do? That's what, that's what I'm looking forward to. I want to see how this plays itself out. And I would love to see if this plays itself up to the point where we start building communities. That's what I want to see. Where do we go now? Mm -hmm. Where do we go next? So that's what I'm looking forward to. Yeah, man. So what we got for the people today? Well, before we get into our topic of the day, we have a tree for you. We got another Ori story. So we're going to shoot to the Ori story that we're going to talk about on the other side. Coming in on the winds of change, put something on your brain. 
What's up, y'all? It's Ifa Kimmy with Garden Botanica. And we back. We back. We back with a Ori story. We back with a Ori story. We back with a Ori story. Are y'all ready for this Ori story? So this Ori story is about why the fish lives in water. And it comes from Southern Nigeria. So let's get right into it. Many years ago, King Elio was ruler of Calabar and the fish used to live on land. And this fish was really great friends with the leopard and used to go to his house and the leopard would entertain him. Now this leopard had a very fine wife and the fish fell in love with her. So after a time, when the leopard was gone from his house, the fish would come back and make love to the leopard's wife. Until one day, an old woman who lived nearby informed the leopard. And at first, the leopard did not believe it. He was like, no, no, no. Dad, my friend would never do anything like that to me. But one day, the leopard decided to come back home unexpectedly and he found his friend and his wife sleeping together. And this made the leopard so angry, he wanted to kill the fish himself. But then he thought to himself, we have been friends for such a very long time. I'm going to take it above me. So he went to the king and reported his friend's behavior. The king then set up this extravagant court-like procedure where the leopard stated his case and said everything that has happened. And the fish had his chance to state his case. But when it was time for him to state his case, he had nothing to say. So the king then addressed all of his subjects and everyone in this procedure and said, this is a very bad case. As the fish had been the leopard's friend and had trusted him, but the fish had taken advantage of his friend's absence and betrayed him. The king therefore made an order that for the future, the fish should live in water and that if he ever to come on land, he would die. He also said that all men and animals should kill and eat fish whenever they catch them as a punishment for his behavior with his friend's wife. And that is the Ori story of today. And we're back. So hopefully y'all enjoyed that Ori story. We had another good one today. Uh, Oshayo, what you think about the Ori story today? I'm going to say that this was a story about somebody not keeping their eyes on their own man. When, uh... <laughs> hey, I'm with you on that. That was, I'm with you. Yeah, this was about somebody nosy, not minding their business. Talking too much, telling on people like your like your mom and grandma used to say, "Don't be a tattletale." Right. Um, 
so I tried to come at the story from that perspective. It was a beautiful story. It had its uh, its, its spiritual and uh, moral undertones, but I wanted to come at it come at it from that perspective about somebody not keeping their eyes on their own mat, not um, doing what we have been told the entire time that we have been in in this system is keeping your eyes on your own mat, not worried about what somebody else is doing or what somebody else got going on. So yeah, man, dude got a or the lady got the the fish punished, man, and put in the water, and now you got people uh, eating fish and that mm -hmm. type of thing as a punishment, man. What about you, man? What what right. perspective do you want to come at the story from? You know what's funny is, and, and I think about uh, how I was raised and who I was raised by. Man, the leper would have got ostracized. For one, you didn't got your woman pilled by a fish. And then, you know, then you ran a toll on him to the king. You know what I'm saying? Like, come right. on, man. No, but you know what? I, I agree with you, though. It's uh, keep your eyes on your own mat. We, we teach that in E5, you know? And for, the, for people who may not practice E5 and don't know what that means, that means mind your own business. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Focus on you and what you got going on. Mind your own business. And we fail. We fail at doing that. I'm talking about people even in the spiritual community from, you know, new aberrations all the way up to priest, babalow, cheese, all that, man. It's a lot of people being nosy and, you know, running their mouth about other people's business. So, you know. But the, so white, didn't, think, the, 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 the white didn't get any repercussions, though. Like, I don't know why the fish... I mean, they came down hard on the fish and the wife ain't getting nothing. Right. Well, I think I think the reason that uh, the punishment was given to the fish is because he was friends with the guys, uh, with the guy whose woman he stole. So I understand. I understand it from that from that perspective, um, the that friendship uh, should have been a bond that or a covenant that should not have been broken at least not in that fashion so i can kind of understand it from from that perspective but that's is bigger than the your wife the person you married like shouldn't they have more responsibility than the I friend think, um <laughs> not not how i was raised um like if that's like me and you as brothers and me shooting at your significant other or making making a, an advance at your significant other, I feel like the relationship that you and I have should prevent that from ever taking place and that the relationship between you would be something that, or you and your significant other would be something that you and her would deal with. But as far as the community is concerned, yeah, I, I feel like I would be the one that would would and should receive the punishment that the uh, that the fish receive. No, I I agree with you in the standpoint that if that's your friend, if that's somebody that's your brother, yeah, now nah, you shouldn't cross the line. But if I'm going down, she should go down too. <laughs> I mean, just think about it, man. McDonald's is serving a lot of fillet of fishes, so every fillet of fishes got eaten is because. Uh, the fish <laughs> sleeping with the leper's wife. That's crazy. Right. 
Like, not only right. did the, the, the fish get in trouble, though, his whole kind got in trouble. Right, right. Like, that's you know, the, the sins of the father will be visited upon the children. Yeah, but what about the cousins and the auntie <laughs> and the neighbor? <laughs> like, everybody. Everybody got it. Everybody get this smoke, man. Everybody get it. <sighs> oh, man, that's crazy, man. But, yeah. Let us know what y'all think about the Ori story, man. Comment below, you know, let us know what you think. How do you see it? Should something happen to the wife? Or are you with that only should happen to the to the fish? You know, what do you think? What do you even think about the concept of keeping your eyes on your own mind? You know, mind right. your own business. Do you think that that is something that should apply all the time? Or do you think it's situational and circumstantial? Let I us know below. I think it's new. Keep your eyes on your own man. You don't think that's something that goes back? Nah, I think it's I think it's something that came about because we don't really have community. Mm. I feel like if we had community, the phrase keep your eyes on your own mat wouldn't apply because um everybody would be everybody. You know what I'm saying? Like right. I would be I would be the parent to your children and you would be the parent to mine. Uh, that wouldn't know that wouldn't be any uh that's my child you can't discipline my child or those type of things so in a in a uh system where we have a community then you can have uh these elders or even your contemporaries telling you um what you should and shouldn't be doing but in our situation where we don't really have community and we're kind of spread out and everybody's doing their own thing then we have this thing of keep your eyes on your own mat because if we if anybody's going to be held accountable everybody has to be held accountable so i think i think we came up with that uh in the diaspora <laughs> you know that brings up a a good point because i've heard i will follow poon for tumbi say and he spent a lot of time in uh southwest nigeria and he said that unsolicited advice or giving unsolicited advice was um, a sign of bad character. Mm -hmm. So now, again, if he's getting it over there from Nigeria, I'm assuming at a minimum, it's something that probably dates back a couple of generations, right? So to me, with what you said with, about community, and I don't disagree with you at all, then how would unsolicited advice be bad character then? Because I would think it would be the same thing. When I think of eyes on your own mat, I think about the unsolicited advice kind of falling in that same, you know, fear. So if this is a new thing, then I would think even the whole idea about giving unsolicited advice being bad character is a new thing. What do you think about that? I think uh, it's similar to if you and I are having a conversation and you ask me how my family is doing and you some story where my family is not doing too well and you are telling me or you're giving me some type of advice about uh, how to do better uh, with my family. And then someone else walks up to the conversation and starts to offer advice. I feel like that's unsolicited um, advice and that would be seen as bad character but i don't think 
uh, me telling you about my family and not asking you for any advice and you giving me advice, I don't, th I don't think that's bad character. So you do think if somebody overhears you and then they come in and give unsolicited advice that that's bad character? Yeah, but just based on how I was raised, though. <laughs> so yeah. let's take it. So now that you're in a place of elevation and this new knowledge that you have as you've gone down the spiritual journey, how do you view it now, though? Because with like you were talking about the whole idea in the sense of community, right? If we are one, then unsolicited advice would be expected, I would think, if you have a, if you overhear somebody and you have an answer, right? Or you have a way that you should just say, hey, look, I heard what you were saying. I think you should do XYZ. I think um, I would be more willing to accept it now. Like I would accept anybody uh, advice from anyone uh, at the place I'm at right now. As far as me giving advice, when I overhear some, I might, depending on how I feel, like the 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 energy of the conversation, I might uh, involve myself in that conversation. But if the the energy of the conversation might be too hot or Something like that, I may not. It just depends on how I'm feeling at the time. I may have advice to give, though, but, you know, some people don't want unsolicited advice. Some people might say, uh, mind your business. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, so I'll just uh, avoid that. If I, uh, if I feel like I can't really interject myself, then I won't. If I feel like I can, then I will. But I'll accept advice from anybody. I think that whole thing of mind your business and not being able to take advice is... It's a, a character flaw. I think that's just ego, ego overload. Um, mm -hmm. Me personally, I'm the type of person, I've, and I've always been this. If you got some advice to give, you know, I'm a listen. Now, the older version of me, if you say something stupid, then I'm going to say something stupid back. <laughs> but, <laughs> right. But right. but now now I'm just listening and now my head like okay, mm -hmm. so so you ready to get into this topic for today? Man, let's get into it. Man, let's get into it. All right, man. Talk to the people about the wisdom of nature. The wisdom of nature. <clears throat> you know, we hear this a lot uh, in our tradition when we ask uh, Baba or when Baba tells us what Ifa is. One of the mainstays is. It's the wisdom of nature. I think lately I've really been asking myself, like, what is nature? What what does that mean? And not from a physical standpoint, but from more of a metaphysical and spiritual standpoint, what is nature? I feel like besides humankind, nature is the greatest manifestation of whatever you call the source, uh, God, Oladumare, Allah, that nature is the greatest manifestation of that. Mm -hmm. It teaches us how to be, it teaches us how to behave. And when we are in harm with nature, we find ourselves in Iran. And when we go against the grain, we find ourselves in Hosobo. Now, when I was reading the Bible, I took for granted that nature was created before humankind. Um, because I saw at that time, I saw nature as something for humankind to have dominion over because that's what 
That's the exact word that the Bible used. It was something other than us. And it was something for us to have dominion over, something for us to harness. Mm-hmm. And even, even reading the Odui Fi in the beginning, um, reading that creation story in uh, Okanran Ogunda, um, you see that nature is created first. And still, because I brought those things with me from Christianity, I still saw nature as something for us to have power over, for something, something for us to have dominion over. But now I've come to see nature as um, a teacher. Nature is, like Baba said, it is the lab where we perform all of our ex- uh, experiments. Nature teaches us how to be. It teaches us uh, what to do and what not to do. It teaches us that um, that just as it has cycles, we have cycles. So nature is something to be studied and uh, loved and taken care of as it is the highest manifestation of God besides ourselves. Um, now, when we get into the wisdom of nature, though, uh, I see the universal consciousness embedding its consciousness into nature. So now I see nature as alive, as um, aware. I see it as responding to how we react to it. Uh, We call nature mother nature. Um, So just like a good woman, if you respect it, if you take care of it, um, if you reverence it, then it will give you all of the good things. Uh, of life that you desire. Um, what about you? What do you What do you think about when you hear the wisdom of nature? So you know, when I think about that, Aruluo, he when he talks about Ifa, and one of the ways that it translates, uh, he always talks about the wisdom of nature. Then he automatically goes into the natural order of things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that really kind of hit me hard when I was reading uh, this book here. And uh, it's called Egbe, The Sacred Tie That Binds. And this book went, it gave me more than what I was expecting, right? I thought I was literally just only going to talk about Egbe. But the one thing that we talked about, it talked about Oludumare, which is you know, God in Europe. It talks about God being the creator and then the aspects or um, the extensions of that aspect of God, the creator, the Arumale, which preceded what we see as nature on earth today, right? And then it was an expansion of that that then kind of went on into create what we know as the Orisha that we translate as um, forces of nature. So it really gave me kind of like what you were saying about the Bible and how nature created was created way before human beings. Nature was in perfect balance before we got here on the earth, right? And 
when you have these earth-based spiritual systems like Ifa, the way that we were able to understand things is by observing nature. So when we talk about the wisdom of nature, we're talking about how we eat, what we eat, when we eat, how much we eat, what we don't eat, when we sleep, when we are supposed to be awake, how we are supposed to deal with the opposite sex, um, when we have sex, how we have sex, how we interact with other like beings in a communal setting, and then how do we interact with other beings that are not like us in that same setting? Like the wisdom of nature teaches us a lot on how to move. Everything. Right? The reason why we as human beings struggle is because we are disconnected from the wisdom of nature, the natural order of things. We don't spend any time in nature observing nature, right? Now, we love talking about the ancestors. We love talking about uh, the Orishas. We can't wait to get them hand of Ephi, get them Aleke. We can't wait to get, you know, initiated all these different things. And we skip past the basics, which again, is in the name of the system, the wisdom of nature. The reason why we have divination is because human beings a long, long, long time ago and for long periods of time observed nature to be able to understand nature. And as we decided that we were going to do our own thing and kind of break away from nature, that's when we start having struggles. So even today, when we're talking about, yeah, man, if I don't work, or, you know, I was practicing voodoo, or I'm doing hoodoo, or this, that, or the other, man, it's not working for me. It's not working for you because you skipping the most basic part of the tradition, which is the wisdom of nature. Mm. And I don't see people inside the spiritual community any more connected to nature than those who are outside of that. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and it's in our everyday walk of life, you know? So you're, you mentioned, you mentioned diet a lot. Um, and you talk a lot about, especially to me, uh, because we have private conversations about diet. Uh, mm -hmm. I feel like I've been doing better. I've been almost all exclusively raw since we've been back from Virginia. I'll still eat a cooked meal every now and again. Uh, but yeah, I've been pretty much all raw since we've been back. Uh, so I'm trying to get back uh, in line also because I do believe even though uh, my actions may not show it all the time, I do believe that for spirit to work through the body cleanly, that the body must be clean. I understand that the body must be clean. I understand that we must be in harmony with nature. So talk to us a little bit about the natural diet. Talk to the people about the natural diet and how that's in accordance with the wisdom of nature and the natural order of things. Like what should we be doing and what should we be doing? So, 
I look at it like this, and this is how I came into it. Because again, like like you know, I said before, people who knew me prior to being you know plant based never talked to me about you know being dogmatic. It's always you know your discipline, and I'd be like, not really. I just read too much, and then I apply what I read, and it ain't for me about being disciplined it's about i got information either i'm going to work with it or not so we we say that god is intelligent but then we act like god is stupid mm-hmm. giraffes have long necks and they have long necks for a reason their full food source are these leaves and these tall trees so they need those long necks to eat the leaves on those tall trees. If you saw a giraffe grazing like a cow, you would be like, what's up with that giraffe? Because that, that doesn't make sense to us. Why would you be right. trying to graze along the ground? You got that long neck to eat the leaves up there. Now, if a giraffe lived next to humans who was cutting down all the trees to build houses, then you might see them start to graze. But that's surviving, right? That's completely different than being in nature, left alone. People always got, you know, make jokes to me like, what you eat, grass? And depending on what kind of mood I'm in, my answer say something smart, like I'm not a cow. Cows eat grass because they have a four-chamber stomach in order to break that grass down. Grass ain't something that's easy to just digest unless you were created in that way. And the way cows chew their food is damn near liquid by the time they swallow it. So what we're supposed to eat is we're supposed to eat things as human beings based on our ability to catch, kill, and eat it, barefoot, butt naked, no weapons. Just like every other one of God's creations. Mm-hmm. There's not a, tigers don't have shotguns, lions <laughs> don't have bow and arrows. They got what God gave them. When, when, a, when a biological carnivore sits up, it's in the mode to be able to catch its prey, period. We're not. You standing up flat-footed, you can't catch a gazelle. First of all, you can't catch a gazelle on foot, period. I don't care who you are. <laughs> like, you could be an Olympic sprinter. You're just not doing it. You're not, you're not catching it at all. Um, but we do have the ability to walk around and, and pluck fruit and berries and things of that nature. Our teeth. One of the things that irritates me when people say, well, we got canines. No, you have teeth where humans have called the sharpest teeth in your mouth canines. If you take your so-called canines and place them up against any other animal's canine teeth, not the same at all. You, you would stop calling your teeth canine because they're not. Um, we have the ability to bite on the apples. 
We got the ability to buy the bananas and berries and, and things like that nature and certain vegetables. We do not have the ability to go run down and jump on the back of a cow, butt naked and barefoot, subdue it, kill it, and just go to town and start eating it. Not at all. Matter of fact, you've never driven past a cow and said, ooh, that looked good. <laughs> not once. So what about so what about those who would say that since the advent of fire and our ability to begin the the digestive process or the breakdown process outside of the body, which allows us to eat meat, what do you say to to those people about the wisdom of nature? Because you know, some people would say that uh if we weren't meant to eat meat, then God would not have provided us a way to be able to do it. So God, so first of all, what you're telling me when I hear somebody say that is you saying that God is stupid. Like God is so stupid that he made us and was like, oops, dang, they ain't really got the ability to catch, kill, and eat these animals that I created them to be able to eat. I'm going to have to make them wait for however long until somebody came up with the idea of a way to make fire. Right. Now, it ain't like we all woke up like when they like, hey, man, I can take these stones together. That ain't how that works. We ain't all wake up with that bright idea to do it. You know what I'm saying? So, again, that's not nature. It's not nature to with all these preservatives and you got to have weapons to catch it and kill it and then you had to have knives and stuff to cut it up. Got to clean it. You got to have this thorough cleaning process, and then you got to, you know, cook it and all that and the other. And then it's gonna it goes bad after a couple of days. You know, you can end up having, you know, all kind of food poison, all that type of stuff. Like, like that's not nature. That's just something that we decided to do. It's a choice that we made, and that's okay. We have the ability to make those choices. You know. Understand with every action, there's a reaction. Mm -hmm. So as long as you man or woman enough to deal with the reaction, then hey, knock yourself out. But the way that I know the powers that be understand the fact that it's not natural is that they're going and they're making all these fake foods now. So you've seen all these videos on social media, you know, with fake eggs and uh, rice that's made out of plastic and all these different things. That's because we are killing the earth because everybody wants to be able to have a cheeseburger. Everybody wants, you know, hamburger and pepperoni on a pizza. You know, everybody wants some eggs and things of that nature. So they're tearing down, you know, forests and they're, you know, making it a way to, to be able to raise all this livestock so people can have this meat. And not only is it damaging to the body, but it's damaging to the earth. So that's not of God. Again, the thing that God created first is now being killed by the thing that God created last. Right. Like that's not wisdom of nature. But then if we step outside of the whole, you know, food and diet thing, right? Relationships, how we relate to one another. That's also something that's dictated by nature. 
But because we're out of line with nature, we're out of line in how we are relating to one another, whether we're talking about just platonic relationships or even intimate relationships. So let's talk about that because that's that's what, uh, once I got the, the food thing out of the way, that's where I wanted to go next was the uh, the relationship thing. I think I think people are going to be more concerned with uh, more intimate relationships and how we should be uh, interacting with each other in those arenas. How does how does nature just how to uh, behave in those type of spaces? Well, by nature, not even aroused, healthy men wake up usually erect in the morning. But it just so happens that probably most of us is having sex late at night. You know, I mean, I remember even going back to college. Once you got around a, a, a certain time at night, you know, you were saying, all right, fellas, I'm gonna holler at you tomorrow. And you was going to go be laid up for the evening, right? right? You know, you wasn't thinking of, let me go over there first thing in the morning. You know what I'm saying? You was trying to be laid up at night. You know what I'm saying? Right. I, I remember it used to be a time where if I got a phone call from one of my boys at like after 9, 10 o'clock at night, I'm, I had to answer it. I'm thinking something wrong. I'm like, because come this time of night, you know, you choosing and you know what I'm saying? You laid up for the evening. <laughs> You know right. what I'm saying? It's nine to the clock. What's going on? You must be, you know what I'm saying? There's some trouble. But, you know, so that's something that's just basic on how we relate to one another. It's, it's we're having sex late at night or we're just up super late at night. When I see people going to work um, third shift. Now, again, again, I understand sometimes you got to do what you got to do. I get it. Right. This isn't a judgment, you know. But what I'm saying is that our body has a natural rhythm. At certain times in the evening, we're supposed to be getting ready to go to bed, not waking up for the day to go put in an 8, 10, 12 hour shift, right? Mm -hmm. That completely throws off, you know, our clock. We talk, you know, chemical things that are going on in that body, in our body, serotonin. Our body works on a natural clock too when it comes to when we are supposed to take in food, when food is being digested and you know being processed through the body, and then we are excreting the waste, right? So if you're eating, because you work third shift during the time when your body naturally is supposed to be utilizing the, the nutrients from the food that you ate, now mind you, Ideally, your food has to be nutrient dense, which for the majority of us, that's not the case. So we already losing in. And now we're going through these processes of, you know, intaking, digesting and being excreted. And we're throwing off that clock because we're working third shift, you know, or we quote unquote night owls. And if you're up super late, then you're probably eating as well. Um, and you know, as we talk about intimacy and even with the diet, you know, a big stomach and a hard penis 
don't go hand in hand. So if you got that, fellas, you ain't got something going on the other one. So now you can, the ego can, you can pound your chest all you want to, but that's just science. Um, I ain't saying that it necessarily ain't never working, but it ain't working like it's supposed to be working either. Um, but yeah, so it's just all those things. But again, if we understood the wisdom of nature, then we would understand that. Another thing, they found evidence of like, the earliest shoes that they could find. And the shoes was made out of a material that didn't prevent the natural um, connectivity between the soles of our feet and the negative charge of the earth. Mm. So that way the negative charge of the earth can break up free radicals in the body. You know, I mean, that could do with everything from diabetes, um, the heart disease, things of that nature. They talk up, they show where animals will get sick and they'll go bury themselves in the dirt and they'll heal. You know, uh, there's a documentary called Earthiness Out um, that, that talks about the healing properties of the earth. Mm -hmm. Like we were created to walk around naked and barefoot, right? But we're not walking around barefoot because now we're civilized, which just to me means. <laughs> you know, disassociated with nature, right? So we're not walking outside barefoot, not spending any time in nature. Uh, I know black people for one, always talking about they not doing nothing in the summertime until the sun goes down. Like that is literally a time, right? Like, hey man, what time are you gonna go to the park? Man, I'm probably gonna be there when the sun go down. Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, I used to hate that coming up too, cause I wanted to hoop whatever, I didn't care if the sun was up. I didn't care what was going on. Like, man, we're going to go when the sun go down. I, I, I used to be mad about that. That's something that only happened at a certain age. I feel like I don't know what that age is. Like you said, you'll be outside hooping, playing football, all that outside. You'll be good. Certain age, you get to a certain age, and it's like, oh, I got to do that when the sun go down. And especially, I mean, you need vitamin D mm -hmm. or some call it hormone D. Like you need that. Like the sun is a source of nutrients for us. But when you disconnect it from nature, when you don't understand the wisdom of nature and you're not spending time outside, then that's a problem. I don't care what you look like physically on the outside. You're not healthy if you're not spending time outside and depending in the sun and depending on the race that you are, and how dark you are, that's going to determine how much time you need to spend out in nature. But it's a lot of people, a lot of dark-skinned people, who are not trying to have anything to do with being in the sun. Right, right. You know, when you first started talking to me about earthing and about actually putting my bare feet on the ground outside, um, I wasn't doing that at all. What has gotten me to the point of actually going outside barefoot is my little girl because that's what she wants to do she don't mm -hmm. want to put on shoes and go outside she wants to run around barefoot in the grass she wants to be able to feel the grass so when i go outside with her i go outside barefoot mm -hmm. also so i get my earth thing in that way because i used to would 
grab my what I call house shoes, grab the house shoes and or grab my slides. <laughs> what I call slides ain't what you call slides, but grab grab my slides, put them on and go outside. But uh yeah, now I find myself earthing. Now, the question that I asked you though, you kinda you kinda skipped over um what the people probably would want to hear about when we talk about intimate relationships, uh, which is we hear a lot about uh polygamy and polygyny now. <laughs> we hear a lot about those things and we know that the women of the West, of these Western cultures, are most of them are dead set against uh polygamy. So talk a little bit about that and how that is a connection to nature and how natural that is. So this is how I got to that. And this wasn't anything to do. This was before Ifa and me understanding this. I'm sitting and I'm listening to some women talk about, you know, men always cheat and all men cheat, this, that, and the other. And I just had this thought. And, and again, I'm sure women are going to be thinking, oh, you're just saying this because you're a man. Listen, I don't have any bias. I don't care what the answer is. I just want to know the answer. And my brother here is the same way. We just want to know what it is. We may have a thought or idea of what we think it might be, but we just want to know the answer. So I really don't have a dog in this fight either way, to be perfectly honest. So I just Googled. Um, one time, is monogamy natural? What I found was all this information that's saying that 95 to 97% of mammals scientifically are polygamous, polygynous, whatever the word it talks about, having sex with multiple people. So I was like, interesting. And I'm going through all these different sites, you know, and, and looking up all this different information. I'm cross-referencing other information. And then I Google, well, let me let me think about this. So I Google when did monogamy start? And I actually got a starting point for that. And it mm -hmm. actually dates back a couple of hundred years ago. And it was the women, these were non-African women, let me say that. Because when you look to Africa and, and those cultures there, they were heavily polygamous. There were non-African women then running into an issue of men not claiming children because they didn't know if they were theirs. And then just like you see in the uh, the the let's say the lion kingdom for instance you know the male lion who running things sometimes will see any other males even little cubs as challenges mm -hmm. right so you know they try to take them out the game so it was kind of like that type of energy so monogamy became a thing so that when you got pregnant, that man knew that that was his baby and then therefore would form a different type of attachment or an attachment period with that child. And it became a thing for a non-African um, or for being specific European women 
And as the Europeans became the dominant society through conquer and um, colonization and things of that nature, they spread their way of doing things, their religion, et cetera, through the, the, the people that they conquered. But when we're talking just scientifically, humans are mostly polygamous, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So as women, you have to think since this is happening or, or not even just say women, people, period. When you, when you see something that's a pattern, right? You got to look into it, ask your question, why is this the case? Mm -hmm. Now, what we see in E5, if I will tell you through divination, certain people they'll say, hey, you know, you are better suited to be polygamous or you are better suited to be monogamous based upon your own ori or your own specific identity. What you came here to do will determine what makes the most sense for you in this iteration. But scientifically speaking, just stepping outside of that for a little bit. And, and I would say that if you want to know specifically what's best for you, obviously get a, a, a DAFA or EFI reading. But yeah, scientifically, you know, humans are polygamous. Now, people have different outlooks on, does that mean men and women? Well, what I would say about that is, is that we understand that men are givers and the women are the receivers. So if women are having sex with multiple different men, you are receiving things from multiple different men. Now, some women are built to be able to handle that. I would say that's probably the minority, but you know, there are some women who are able to deal with all of that. You know, we see so much about well, first, I want to say how strong socialization is and how we can be socialized into so many things to the point where we feel like what we think we know is right. I was just talking to somebody earlier about uh, the concepts of right and wrong and how we can have these concepts or these beliefs about what's right and what's wrong due to socialization and because of our inability to ask questions because we don't want to ask questions. I think once you start to question things and really start to seek the answer, no matter what the answer is, I think you will come to a different conclusion than what you've been socialized to believe. Um, polygamy, man, you know, this is a hell of a topic because especially here in the diaspora, especially here in the West, especially since we've been uh, socialized under uh, a European culture, um, Polygamy is almost a no-no. It's a it's a uh, it's a taboo subject. But like you talked about, we know that this is uh, that this is nature. There are more women than there are men. Um, men can have more can produce more children than women. We know these things to be to be true. So the question that needs to be asked if women are saying that all men cheat is why. Or why do you feel that that's the case? And asking yourself that question and being willing to accept the answer, no matter what the answer is. Mm -hmm. But I think I think we can go into a whole episode about uh, 
polygamy and polygyny, so we're not going to uh, beat that horse too much. <laughs> you know, we want to get into uh, some other things. So it seems like the main thing is the diet. Um, another thing is how we sleep. How we treat the body is uh, the wisdom of nature, how we treat our bodies. What about things like um, like exercise? What about things like uh when we should be eating because that was another thing that you talked mm -hmm. about you talked about when we should be eating when we should be sleeping when we should not be eating i remember when we were in virginia and uh i was telling you um uh, <laughs> man i'm i'm man i'm hungry already <laughs> and you like you like nah what you need is some water like you ain't supposed to be eating until uh, 11 o'clock. Talk, talk to us a little bit about that, about not eating until uh, 11 o'clock or eating between the window of 11 and 7, which is something I've been trying to do too. Yeah, man. So, so again, it's because of how we're living when things are off. Now, me personally, I get up at 5 o'clock in the morning. Get up at 5 o'clock in the morning, do all my prayers, my ori, talk to my ancestors, go to SU, E5, I'm out the door, go to the gym, right? I come home. Now, I start wanting something to eat really out of boredom because now I'm logged into my computer and I'm sitting at my desk. Um, now, some people be like, well, you worked out. So, yeah, you need to eat after you work out. You know what I'm saying? You, you worked up a hunger. No, because on Saturdays, I go to the gym as well. On Saturday, I might not consume anything until one, two o'clock um, in the afternoon. It, what was it, Saturday? Was it past Saturday when I hit you up and I was like, yeah. it's two o'clock. I done worked out <laughs> real good, you know, and I haven't even eaten anything and I'm not even hungry, right. right? It's because I have a lot of liquids, you know, water the whole time and I'm cool and I'm not tied to my desk sitting there like, Oh man, I'm at work, watching the clock tick, things of that nature. I'm moving and going about, right? So I don't want to say food is the most important thing. I think everything is equally as important, mm -hmm. right? There are certain things that we abuse so much, like food. There are certain things that we abuse so much, like we don't exercise at all, that I find myself talking about a lot more because of those are things that we have such misconceptions about or we just don't do it at all like with the case of exercise so i find myself right. talking about those things um mostly but usually it's the diet because again we, we we get real crazy with that but yeah like there should be an eating window i would say don't go past 7 p.m eating you know, um, the first the first meal of the day or breakfast. And I, I want to clarify something. I don't care if you eat your first meal of the day at three o'clock in the afternoon. It's breakfast. I hear people say, "Hey, you know, if you want to lose weight or whatever, skip breakfast." You can't skip breakfast. The first <laughs> thing you eat, you are breaking the fast. Right. So y'all got to stop letting people trick y'all with these words, right? No, the first thing you eat, if you eat at midnight, is breakfast. That's the first thing you eat. You're breaking the fast. So, you know, um, I don't eat any solid foods or any cooked foods until 
afternoon, you know, but I'll usually have a smoothie like on the day when I'm, I'm at work, I have a smoothie about 10 o'clock, you know, and then I won't eat anything solid until afternoon. And then I stopped eating, you know, prior to seven, you know, or, or right at seven, uh, most, most days. Uh, now, the concepts of doing better, doing good, to me, those are those are man-made things. Those don't exist in nature. It either it is or it ain't, right? So I don't give myself any pats on the back. Like, oh, I'm, you know, I almost, I, I, I stopped eating at eight, you know, but I usually stop eating at 10. I did good. No, I go past seven. I don't care what it is I ate or what I did. I got to fix it. I got to get in, in tune. Yeah, it's, it's a, a fail. fail. It's a yeah. Fail. <laughs> exactly. That's what it is. We got to get in tune with nature. You know, one thing that I know of, and I had these conversations with Spear, Spear, like, you got to start taking your ass to sleep. You know what I'm saying? You need to get, get, you know, get more rest. But I need to get organized and in line with what I'm supposed to do in order to do those different things. Mm-hmm. And then if you really want to go to get real deep about it, you know, you can get into whole breath work. You can get into, you know, uh, just the eight limbs of yoga in general. Taoism. I think the Taoist, if, had I not found, or had you not found Baba when you did, I was on my way to being a Taoist. Because I think Taoist from from a, their practice, not just what's in um, their doctrine. Because I think Christianity has a great doctrine. If you really read and study and research the Bible, that doctrine is flawless. It's, it's solid, right? It's the culture that's toe up. It's the praying over fried chicken and macaroni and cheese saying let it be you know, nutrition to our bodies. That's goofy. <laughs> you know, the whole concept of looking for things outside of you to save you. That's not biblical. That's with your pastor on, you know. Um, but you can go from system to system. If you study them, they're all solid. It's all there. In E5, we don't have a system. Uh, we don't have a culture, at least on, well, period. I didn't even Look, I haven't been to Africa, so I ain't going to talk about what they do in Africa because I haven't personally been. But I know here, we don't have a culture of health. We don't have a culture of eating real food. We don't have a culture of, despite it being the wisdom of nature, we don't have a culture of of connecting with nature. Right? Um like we'll we'll go to things at the compound and you know everybody like you know being there hot and have, and they don't know why you hot because you outside of the wisdom of nature and and different people might have different reasons why they hot whether it's excess weight whether it's eating food that that heats the body up because it's not in alignment with your biology. All these different reasons why different people are high. I'll be in there like, I'm good. You know what I'm saying? Um, 
we don't have a culture of like we don't do nature walks you know what i'm saying like, like, i'm gonna tell you when i know we're off everybody is having these these ocean festivals where they got whole bottles of of uh of champagne thrown in these rivers and creeks mm -hmm. They got whole bottles, whole jars of honey that they throwing in. The... How does that make sense? Right. What you think on What you think on that that jar of honey, that plastic container of honey, that bottle of wine, what do you think that's going to do to the body of water? Like I've seen pictures of all these ocean festivals, and I'm thinking to myself, like, man, all these people. Who studied the a nature-based spiritual tradition is throwing bottles of shit in the water. Right. But then you would go to a place like Nigeria and you would see, like if you were in Lagos, you would see you ride by the water, you would see all this trash black, man. That's disgusting. You did the same thing at every old shooting festival you go to. <laughs> Right. So when I go make offers to Oshun, I'm not, I'm not giving no bottles or nothing. I'm not leaving that. There. That's not what I'm doing. You know, I'm gonna pour pour a little liquor out in the dirt, and in the water I'll lay fruit and flowers. But that's crazy. I see pictures of the Yemoja Festival in Brazil. I see trash all on the beach. In Atlanta, they doing animal sacrifices and throwing the, the bodies of the animals in a plastic bag and throwing it in the woods. Like, come on, man. Crack that bag open. Shake them things out there and let the animals eat them. Right. Plastic right. bags? Come on, man. And that's part of the sacrifice. At least that's how we were taught that that's, that that's part of the sacrifice is the other animals coming out into nature and doing what they are supposed to do naturally you let nature take care of the uh of the offering which is part of the sacrifice exactly yeah, yeah. i i agree that we are uh and like i say sometimes my behavior might not show what i think about uh nature and i would need to be in harmony with it but uh in my mind i i intellectually know that we are supposed to be in harmony with nature that nature was here first Nature is our elder. Nature is our teacher. Nature is is aware, and we are supposed to be aware of nature. That we are not something other than nature, uh, which is which is what I believe from the beginning that we are not something other than nature. That we are part and parcel of it. That we are one with it. And as we treat nature, nature will treat us the same. Uh, when we have these natural now, not these man-made. Uh, diseases that we sometimes uh have but these natural diseases that we have is because of how we collectively treat nature and nature has to cleanse itself when we have these uh these natural disasters all over the world yeah it's a it's a horrible thing it's a heart-wrenching thing to see all of those people die at one time but the earth is cleansing herself as she has to because we are not in alignment with it. So yeah, I I I definitely understand that uh that we are out of alignment with the wisdom of nature, 
that we are not practicing the natural order of things as we should be practicing a nature-based uh, system. Uh, we have excuses galore, or we have justifications galore as to why uh, we don't follow uh, the natural order of things. Um, and I think most people's justification will be uh, our ancestors in Africa ate me. Our ancestors in Africa ate all of these different things that uh, that we want to eat now. Um, I remember, and I was going to ask you this when you were in Egypt too, um, I used to have this steel of Pharaoh Akhenaten making an offering to the sun. Uh, and there were many people who believed that what he was offering to the sun was bread and that he wasn't offering uh, any meat. Um, but aside from that, what do you say to people who, we, I've been around you when you've quoted the Bible and said that, uh, got, that the book of Genesis says, uh, the fruit of the tree I give you to eat. But I later give you on, the fruit with the seeds, let that be thy meat. Right. And then later on in the book of Genesis, uh, the same God gives permission to eat meat and then gives a dietary law to, to Moses. So you said that the Bible was a was a good doctrine. What do you what do you think about that? About that being about them being giving a dietary law that still allows them to eat meat or things outside of nature. So the way I look at this, and I say this about everything, you know me, the thing is I'm honest about whatever. Like again, I don't, I love you five, but you know, I do say in certain instances, I'm like, but we do got to keep in consideration. It's human beings that wrote these old dudes. So, but, it, but if it worked, you know, then it's cool. But if it, but if it don't work, then it don't work. Then you got to do something different. Right. I think you got to understand the Bible, how it was put together, who it was put together by. Right. One of the things that was powerful for me in understanding the Bible was understanding the concept of textual criticism. Mm -hmm. In layman's terms, textual criticism is we're going to go to a group of people who can't read. Whoever read the best, out of the people who can't read, you are a scribe. That's one aspect of it. Another aspect of it is, let's just say that you've heard the story of Job. And you translate in this Bible. You get to the story of Job, you translate and you like, that ain't how I heard it. I heard it like this. That person, he gonna write in, this is how I heard it. Right. You know what I'm saying? Um, so there's a lot of things that go in there, right? The thing I like about Okoran Medjur, it talks about being led with logic. So I take that in everything, even in my studies with E5. Mm -hmm. right? I, I, I try to be led with logic. And I'm going to ask questions directly to spirit. Like, hey. Is this what it really is? Or did this apply to me? Or, you know, whatever the case may be, I'm going to go right to the source, you know, and ask whatever questions. Um, but again, I still believe the Bible is a legitimate source. You know, you even go to Revelations, was it 11, chapter 11 or chapter 22, that talks about, I give you 
the herbs or the leaves to be the healing of the nation. Mm -hmm. um, but every Christian I know is taking all kind of prescription medication. Um, or, or most of them, I should say. So, yeah, I, I do rock with the Bible, but you got to understand context and everything. So when it's talking about the dietary laws, there's parts where you got to look at, is it giving a recollection of an event or is it trying to prove a point with a story versus is it being literal and this is what you today do, right? Mm -hmm. So you got to take those kind of things into consideration. Um, because if it was written for today's time, there would be some other things that would have to be taken into consideration based upon what's happening in today's time. There's going to be a time where even the fruit with the seeds not going to be legit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, but you're going to have to be aware of what's going on in today's time to then be like, yo, hey, because remember, unlike the old dude, that keeps growing and evolving and changing as we grow, evolve and change. The Bible doesn't. The Bible is what it is. It has been what it's been for thousands of years, hundreds of thousands of years, not hundreds of thousands of years, but for thousands of years, right? It is what it is. It's not growing. It's not evolving. There's no changing. Humans are doing that. Humans, well, if that was written back then, but if it was today, then you could be this, that, and the other. Nah. You know. Also going to, to the diet, when we talk about Sodom and Gomorrah, people often get confused that Sodom, Sodom and Gomorrah, the biggest atrocity of that was homosexuality. Nah. Research what it say in um, Sodom and Gomorrah about why God was mad. You will be surprised what you see. You will see gluttony come up um i'm gonna just leave it at that <laughs> do your research and you will see how we all like to say it was all about homosexuality nah because in the bible it goes on to say specifically what the issue was so i'm just gonna end it with gluttony was one of them so you said you and then we're gonna have to land this plane, but uh in your in your famous words, we're gonna land this plane. <laughs> uh but I like what you said about using logic in in all things. Um uh, Maulana Karega, the author of the ODE5, the ethical teachings, he talked about how we need to and should be approaching E5. And he said that we should be doing it in two ways, and that's through tradition and reason. He said that tradition mm. is our grounding. It's our foundation. It's where every it's upon which everything else is being built, but that we must approach the tradition with reason, especially moral reasoning and being able to adapt so that the tradition will live. Because when things become so etched in, etched in stone, uh, things tend to die. Like the Bible, we have this these 66 books, it is what it is. It's from Genesis to Revelation. This is a this is a dead religion. It's dead. And what I mean by dead, I mean that it's not expanding, it's not growing, it is what it is. The doctrine is what it is. Uh, in Ifa, uh, these old dudes, like you say, are always expanding, they're always changing. It's energy, so there's always a uh, mm -hmm. flow and a movement. So there's nothing uh, etched in stone. There's 
nothing that is dead or should be dead about our tradition. So we should be using our logic, using our reasoning when we are uh, approaching these odus and these doctrines that are uh, within the confines of the Ifa Orisha tradition. I say, I say. But uh, hey, man, we appreciate y'all for hanging with us again. Another episode. Man, this season is winding down, man. Mm -hmm. uh, it's going to be over before we know it. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Came fast, but too. It did. It did. It came fast. But, you know, time flies and you're having fun. Right. <laughs> but, uh, hey, but listen. It's just information we giving people. You know what I'm saying? Don't take our word for it. You know, research it. Research everything. I don't care who said it. I would be the person that Jesus came down here was having a meeting and telling people what to do. I would be taking notes and I'm a Google. <laughs> you know? And I right. love Jesus. You know right. what I'm saying? I love me some Jesus, but I'm still gonna Google it like right. let me double check though. Yeah, like Jesus, I, Jesus, I ain't never heard that one before. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I ain't, you know what I'm saying? You could be right though. But yeah. I'm, I'm you know, trust but verify, they say. But yeah, yeah. man, do the research. I would say the most empowering thing for me in my life was starting over. And what I mean by that is literally questioning everything that I thought I knew. Mm -hmm. I questioned everything. And at the end of those questions, I came to a beautiful truth. And that beautiful truth is, at the end of the day, life comes down to choices. You know, so hey, you know choose what you're gonna choose. <laughs> you know something that made me think about. Uh, you say you started over, and you start to question everything. I read this quote before that said that education is the progressive discovery of ignorance, and that a lot of people are not uh, okay with discovering how ignorant they've become, so they don't ask questions. They don't mm -hmm. ask. You and I are very similar very alike in from in that aspect where we want to question everything i'm not married to anything that my that my mind my beliefs are malleable that and that my mind my thoughts all of those things change with new information so i'm always questioning i'm always looking looking for things i question now what i think i know uh and i learned that in prison i learned that in prison to question everything um, but yeah, man, you want to be able to question everything. You want to research everything, even the things that you think, you know, especially those things that you think, you know, because your mama told you or because your grandmama told you, uh, those are some things that you may want to, uh, research and question your deep, your deeply held beliefs, question those things because they may not be based on reason or logic at all. They may just be based on socialization. Right. Right. So listen, this is information. This is this is just our perspective, man. You know, you live and you learn, man. We came here for an experience, had the experience, you know, live life out loud and on purpose. We'll see y'all next week. Peace. Peace. <laughs>